0: It's time to stop making excuses. The peace of mind you get after a colonoscopy is worth it. It's the best way to prevent and detect one of the deadliest cancers. In fact, your doctor can remove precancerous polyps during the procedure if necessary. That's right, before it even turns to cancer. No buts about it. Get a colonoscopy at 45 and follow up every 10 years or as recommended by your doctor. Find a location or schedule now at avera.org
1: slash colon episode 124 of the aggressive progressive podcast they're getting radicalized let's start the show we are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity welcome to the aggressive progressive podcast i'm chris hahn at christopher hahn on twitter thank you again as always for subscribing to this podcast like it rate it review it tell your friends about it really do appreciate it this is another abbreviated edition. I know I said I would be doing my radio show last week, but I still had no voice uh, last Thursday. But it's back, as you can probably tell. I'm probably blowing out your speakers right now. Uh, the voice is back. I will be back on my radio show this Thursday. I have a great guest. Olivia Troy will be joining me on Thursday of next week on my radio show. So she'll be in the podcast next Tuesday. No guest today, just me uh, talking a little bit. A little short and sweet summer edition of the Aggressive Progressive podcast. And you know what? I've been you know, hearing from people. They've actually enjoyed these short little bites I've been putting out rather than putting up best ofs, which I used to do in the summer. This summer, I did not. Uh, I didn't do it last summer either because last summer, we were all in quarantine, so I had nowhere to go. I didn't go on vacation or anything. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really going anywhere this year. I'm on Technically on vacation this week, <laughs> but doing a radio show, doing TV. So let me let me talk about some TV first. Uh, I was on Fox over the weekend, and you know I haven't been doing these contentious primetime debates lately. I haven't been on Laura. Surely I'm not going to be on Tucker probably ever again. I think Tucker and I are done. Um. But I've been doing, you know, more like, you know, let's get into the policy and the politics debates on the weekends and at night and during the day. And and they've been pretty non-controversial appearances. This Sunday I was on talking about Afghanistan. And I, I've made the same points here. Maybe I made a little bit more expansive points there. Obviously, the Biden administration takes the blame for the botched withdrawal that's He's admitted it, he's owned it. I think that's very responsible as a leader, and I think politically, you know I, I you know it remains to be seen how much it impacts the midterms If midterms were today, it would impact it greatly, but the midterms aren't today, and there's a year to go, year and a half to go before the midterms. So for everybody pontificating that this is the end of the Democratic Party uh because of Afghanistan, I beg to differ. People want it out of Afghanistan. Uh, the tragedy that happened. Uh, last week with the thirteen American soldiers dying is a tragedy that is, you know, gonna stain the Biden administration. But, you know, three thousand Americans have died in that war over the last twenty years and and hundreds, tens of thousands more have been injured, and hundreds of thousands of Afghanis have died in this conflict. So while it's horrible, uh, ending the war is actually a good thing uh, for Biden and a good thing for the Democrats, because every president for the past, you know, twenty years, has said they wanted to end this war, maybe not the past 20 years, past 16 years since Obama. So Biden's actually getting it done. And that's a plus. Now, the botched withdrawal, that's a minus. And there'll be, you know, when the Republicans, if they take over the House, there'll be hearing upon hearing upon hearing about it. Trust me, it'll be Benghazi times a million. Get ready. So, um, you know, I fully expect that to happen uh, in in the coming years. But, uh, you know, look, I was on Sunday and I was talking about who is to blame. And I mentioned, of course, Trump made the deal with the Taliban that led us down this path. And that deal included the Taliban being allowed to attack anybody but Americans. That was part of the deal. We don't care who you attack. Just don't attack us. You could attack the Afghani military. You could attack the government that we propped up. Just don't attack Americans. And the Taliban held up to that side of the deal. There were other things in the deal that were unverifiable, that there were, there was no way for the United States or international observers to verify what the Taliban was doing. It was a horrible deal made by a really, uh, a guy who was far too confident in his ability to get things done because he was born rich and became richer throughout his life. And I suggested, and, and quite frankly, I, I was debating Sean Duffy, former congressman, Former member of the real world, <laughs> I don't know if you want to go there. Uh, not a not a not a dumb guy. Uh, I was debating him, and I suggested that Congress is at fault here as well, because for the past hundred years, Congress has been ceding its authority in war making to the executive, and this has started with you know, and we've had president upon president wanting to replicate the force of will that was Teddy Roosevelt ending the war between Russia and Japan and getting himself the Nobel Peace Prize. And every president since has wanted to get that Nobel Peace Prize, has thought that they alone can fix it. And it's not just Trump. Trump, of course, was far too confident for his own good and wanted to just make the deal, thought that just making the deal gets him the Peace Prize, even though this deal is going to now terrorize millions of women in Afghanistan and perhaps create Afghanistan as a hotbed for terrorism to attack foreign countries, including the United States of America. That was the deal that Donald Trump gave us. And, you know, Sean Duffy said, well, you can't have Congress negotiating. I didn't get to respond. Well, let me respond here. No, I don't want Congress negotiating the treaty, but I want a treaty. And quite frankly, the mistake was made in twenty in two thousand. When Congress just authorized a blanket use of force against the war on terror, 2001, against the war on terror as a reaction to September 11th, we're coming up to the 20th anniversary of September 11th next week. And, you know, instead of us declaring war in Afghanistan, which would require Congress to debate it, have a conversation about it, but more importantly, it would require a treaty to end it. And the treaty would have to go before the Senate. So rather than the president making a ridiculous deal, which is what Donald Trump did, you'd have to have a finely tuned deal that would be capable of withstanding the scrutiny of the United States Senate. Now, the United States Senate, I don't believe, would have allowed for a peace treaty in Afghanistan during the current environment uh, back in, uh, in 2020 when this was going down. I don't think they would have allowed Trump to even do that. The Republicans controlled it. And, and many of the Democrats were against it. Now, look, I'm for withdrawing from Afghanistan. I just don't believe that the deal Trump made was the right deal. I don't think it was the right deal for the people of Afghanistan, and I don't think it was the right deal for the Americans. And we're seeing the results of that. But here's what scares me the most. Now, that was a tame debate. Me and former congressman, former real world guy Duffy, we agreed On almost everything. He didn't agree that I was giving Trump blame for this because, you know, they've got to protect your leader. But we agreed on just about everything else. And I get done. And I go about my day. And later on in the day, I check my website email, which I often give you here, to contact me. And I have several death threats. One I posted on Twitter because I thought it was just ridiculous. They're all anonymous. Nobody sends it from their real email account. Nothing you could ever verify. You know, obviously people have these great muscles when they're anonymous. But to think that in this world, going out there and saying, look, the deal he cut was bad. And by the way, Duffy said to Duffy said the president should have ripped the deal up. I, I agree. Biden should have ripped Trump's deal up. Just like he ripped up his pulling out of the Paris Accords and some other things that Trump did. Should have ripped it up. Should have started over because it was a bad deal. Of course, that would have put U.S. troops in je- in, in danger and we didn't have that many U.S. troops left. Trump had started to withdraw of Afghanistan. I think we had about 2,500 troops in Afghanistan at the time. Mostly just providing, you know, support to the Afghan military. Would have put us in danger. Would have put us in great danger. But to, to think that that conversation Warranted people saying to me things like, "I am praying for the legal revolution, legal revolution." This is in their minds, so that I could put you six feet under where you belong. This is America. Now I, I got to tell you, I, I I've been getting death threats my entire career. I've been getting them, you know, ever since I started doing TV in 2010. I've gotten them consistently throughout the years, um. You know, they're mostly nonsense. They're all nonsense, frankly. Um, I've never met anybody publicly that's been rude to me, ever. In fact, it's always been a very pleasant experience when I meet somebody who sees me on Fox. I always say I'm the Gaius Baltar of Fox News, right, to Fox News viewers. I'm the bad guy that makes the show work. But Gaius Baltar, Battlestar Galactica, if you haven't watched the reboot of Battlestar Galactica that came out in the early 2000s, I say it often, go watch it, you'll love it, you'll thank me, you're welcome. It's on Amazon Prime right now, so just just do it. I've watched it twice, it's awesome. Um. But I gotta tell you, things are getting a little scary. The The pace at which I get these threats has increased. And I'm getting them in debates that aren't even really hostile. The debate I had with former Congressman Duffy was a civil debate. We disagreed. I I disagreed with him. He disagreed with me on minor points within our debate, frankly. How much blame should Trump have for it? I I think he deserves a lot of blame. I I also have said I think Obama deserves blame for what's going on in Afghanistan today, and not to mention George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. They deserve almost all the blame, frankly, Bush and Cheney, then Obama, then Trump, then Biden. Biden's just getting us out. He's doing what the people want, what every presidential candidate since 2008 has said they would do. They would withdraw us from Afghanistan. So, you know, he's doing what he said he would do. But to think that there are people in this world that will take these minor debates and use that. And by the way, that wasn't, I I didn't just get one death threat yesterday. I got like five. I was blown away. I mean, I've been on Ingram where I've yelled at Dan Bongino for half an hour and I don't get death threats. It, it's uh, it's a It's amazing to me what is setting people off today. And really, it's just any mention of the former guy in a negative way on their favorite channels. And they just go nuts. So we're in for a long haul to get past this. And again, I, I don't think it's everybody on the right that's radicalized. But let me be clear, it doesn't have to be everybody on the right. Al-Qaeda wasn't everybody in the Muslim world. It was a very small percentage of people in the Muslim world. Al-Qaeda-K or ISIS-K, which bombed our soldiers, probably a small handful of people in Afghanistan. I would bet it's less than 100 people in Afghanistan that are actively involved with ISIS-K. And you saw the damage they did. So, you know, we see this bomber pulling up to the Library of Congress a week ago. We saw what happened on January 6th. There is a radicalization on the right, and it's, again, a small portion of the people on the right. But too many people in the mainstream on the right are okay with it. We saw Mo Brooks' reaction to what that bomber did. And, you know, I mentioned this last week. I don't need to go into it again. But this is dangerous, dangerous talk. And... I'm concerned about where it leads. I'm not concerned for my own safety. You know, I, I've, again, I've, I've, this has been going on forever. When I meet people, they are nice to me. I'm not always recognizable. I'm just a regular bald guy. And quite frankly, I look better in person than I do on TV. Um, but it only takes one, right? So I'm always on guard. You be on guard. Uh, I think this nation needs to be on guard. There's a radicalization forming on the right in this country that is dangerous. And people on the right, mainstream conservatives, if there are any such things left, need to do a better job calling it out. All right, stick around. and take a quick break. And I'll be back. It's just me. Uh, so uh, thanks again for listening, as always, and I'll be right back. So I, I like everybody else in America... I'm greatly concerned about the aftermath of Hurricane Ida, which coincidentally hit 16 years to the day after Hurricane Katrina hitting the same part of the country. And I know last week I talked about climate because we we had that uh, tropical storm Henri or Hurricane Henri that threatened the Northeast. And then we had the flooding in Tennessee. And quite frankly, you know, this hurricane is not even done. I mean, it's not a hurricane anymore, but it is going to bring a great deal of bad weather to the middle of the country and then eventually the east coast um I, I i mean i talk about it i talked about it last week i mean climate change is real uh i'm concerned that we're past the point of no return at this point and that we're going to just have to start dealing with it whether that means you know we build these big levees like they did in new orleans and, and as i taped this on monday morning it remains to be seen how bad the damage is in new orleans Uh, But there will definitely be damage throughout Louisiana and Mississippi uh, and the Gulf Coast in general from this storm. And we've done a better job in New Orleans after Katrina building these incredible pumping stations and incredible, uh, you know, seawall protection around the city. And that city, quite frankly, is in a bowl. I don't know why we would continue to have a city that's below sea level in this country. But, you know, look. Obviously, I believe we've got to do everything we can to slow climate change. But we may be at a point where the climate has changed. And now we've got to start considering, you know, should we live where we live? I live near the water. Um, I live on Long Island, which is basically a, it's a glacial deposit. It's a sandbar in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. 120 miles long, but only about 15 miles wide. Not that, not that far across. Um... And I live two hundred, a y- hundred yards from uh, a bay. Now I'm high. I'm high up, so I don't, I don't flood here. But it's, it is scary to think what's going on with the climate in this world, and it's scarier to think that there's a major political party that doesn't want to take it seriously when it's their states. Uh, I mean, Louisiana is run by a Democrat right now because they ran a a guy who slept with prostitutes, and John Bill Edwards basically answered every question to uh former senator vitter yeah but you slept with prostitutes whenever it didn't matter what the question was that was his response and that was the only way to get him i don't know why we didn't we didn't do that for years cuz that prostitution scandal he got reelected to the senate after that prostitutional scandal with the uh, i think it was the mayflower madam or something like that there was something you you would have think that a uh, you know you, you know vitter was this you know, right wing religious right conservative who was caught sleeping with prostitutes said he was sorry and just got reelected. Now, I, I'm i all for forgiveness, but please don't tell other people how to live their life while you're sleeping with prostitutes. And John Bell Edwards just said, Yeah, but you sleep with prostitutes to every answer. But he's a Democrat, runs that state, but it's pretty much a red state. Mississippi's a red state, right? These are states being threatened that go. You know, that that Gulf of Mexico, the water is 88 degrees. I I live on Long Island. I have solar panel heaters for my pool. It took me like three months to get my pool to 88 degrees, and it's a little tiny pool. The Gulf of Mexico is a huge body of water. So climate change is here, right? I mean, let's be clear. What we've been seeing year after year, 100-year storm after 100-year storm, Katrina was 16 years ago. It took 16 years for another 100-year storm. Actually, Hurricane, I think Laura, hit last year in a similar part of the country. didn't quite get New Orleans, um, but it hit that part of the country. We're getting 100-year storms every year in this country. That should scare the daylights out of you if you're living by the water. And I'm praying for all my friends on the Gulf Coast. I've got a lot of listeners down there uh, that listen to this podcast, I hope you're safe. Uh, I hope you know, your homes survived. Um, but this is just becoming too much. And maybe we got to make some tough choices in America of maybe pulling back from the coast a little bit uh, or building these massive structures like they've done in New Orleans to protect our coastlines. And coastal communities the question is where do you draw the line I mean obviously in a big city where there are millions of people it's worth the investment but you know the south shore of Long Island the north shore of Long Island I, I mean it, it there's a lot of people here there's you know two and a half million people uh three mil three and a half million people in Nassau and Suffolk County and then if you add Brooklyn and Queens you're talking about nine million people on the sandbar but where do you build it it's 120 miles long you know, it, it's, this is, we're in, a, we're in a rough spot and we need to do everything we can to slow this down, but we've got to think about how we deal with the impacts of it because I think it's here now. I, I, you know, I don't think this is a thing that's coming in the future. I think it's here now. This summer here in New York has been hotter than I can ever remember and it's been wetter than I can ever remember. I think it's rained every single day almost here. I feel like I live in Florida. It's raining a little bit. The ground is saturated. It, it, there are signs everywhere that things are changing and I, I think we have to deal with it now. I don't think we could pretend that it's something coming in the future. I think it's here and, uh, yeah, let's slow it down. Let's get rid of, you know, let's, let's do everything we can to reduce emissions in this country. I talked about it last week, more wind, more solar, more nuclear. I know everyone's like, Oh, nuclear. No, um, got some calls about that. Got some emails about that. But uh but we've got to do everything we can to reduce emissions. And then we've got to think about what do we do now that it's here, because it's not something far off in the future. All right, should I end on a puppy note? The puppy's still crazy. Um I am walking her almost as much as I walked my grown dog um before she moved to Utica with my daughter. Um and it doesn't matter. <laughs> She's still got energy to burn. Uh, it's kind of crazy uh, Follow me on Instagram I'm Christopher Hunt And why It's like the only reason To follow me on Instagram Right I, I put puppy pictures up All the time She's still cute as a hell As cute as they come But uh, Unbelievably The energy that's coming out Of that puppy um, It is amazing I don't I don't know Where they keep it Because they're just Tiny little bodies With balls of energy So Alright I want to remind you now As I always do To seek the truth Question everyone And everything Even me Seek the truth notes out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn, thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.
0: It's time to stop making excuses. The peace of mind you get after a colonoscopy is worth it. It's the best way to prevent and detect one of the deadliest cancers. In fact, your doctor can remove precancerous polyps during the procedure if necessary. That's right, before it even turns to cancer. No buts about it. Get a colonoscopy at 45 and follow up every 10 years or as recommended by your doctor. Find a location or schedule now at avera.org slash colon.